Welcome to the Corporate Treasury 101 podcast. This is the first part of our full interview with Eleanor Hill, editor at TMI. We kick off this episode with Eleanor presenting herself and what TMI does, so I won't do so in this introduction. However, in this episode, expect to learn what is TMI, Treasury Management International, and what do they advocate for. The takes of Eleanor on the evolution of the world of publishing in Treasury, what she identifies as the major trends and attention points for treasurers in 2023. We talk about market volatility, risk management, why money market funds are one of the preferred investment instruments of treasurers, and much more. Eleanor is just fantastic. As a podcast host herself, the conversation is flowing, and with all she's seen and the people she has interacted with, she is a fount of treasury knowledge. We really hope you enjoyed the episode as much as we liked discussing with her. We are starting to get very good ratings on Spotify, and it is all thanks to you. This allows us to attract and interview more and more amazing guests, so Hussam and I are very, very grateful for this. You are also more and more to listen to us on Apple Podcast, where we do not have many reviews yet. If you are listening to us on this platform, please take 10 seconds to rate us and the podcast as it helps us hugely and, well, makes Hussam and I very happy. <laughs> Last note before leaving the floor to Eleanor, we are now on LinkedIn and we will be very active on this platform as of now. So if you want to reach out or contact us, this is the place to go. Just search for Corporate Treasury 101 on LinkedIn. With all that being said, please welcome Eleanor Hill. Eleanor, thank you so much for joining us on the Corporate Treasury 101 podcast. Um, welcome. Can you uh, maybe to start with and kick things off, uh, quickly introduce yourself and explain us what you do? Yeah, of course. Hopefully that's the easy question. I can do that one. Uh, but thank you so much, Tim, for inviting me to join you both here today. It's, it's great to be here. And uh, I know we've got loads to talk about, um, but for anyone who know me, I'm editor of Treasury Management International Magazine. They're better known in the market as TMI. I've been doing that since 2018. And I previously edited all kinds of different financial magazines. So I was editor of World Accounting Report, FX and an MM magazine, Treasury Today. And I've been writing about Treasury for 15 years, which makes me sound really, really old um, and feel very old. <laughs> But there it is. So I've seen a lot of evolution in that time. Um, and in my spare time, I kind of a very uh, artsy person, outdoorsy person. So I love to paint and I spend a lot of time walking my very large dog who you may or may not hear <laughs> at some point there we go perfect would be a pleasure and yeah you you may have started early so that's that's totally fine um and so quite some knowledge about the, the treasury medias in general i feel can you uh focusing maybe a little bit on tmi um explain us what's what tmi does actually and the the purpose of So the podcast you uh, host quite regularly is the Treasury Cast. Yep. Uh, I think those two are linked. Um, can you yeah, quickly walk us through those two? Yeah, of course. So TMI, like you say, it's, we're a global Treasury media provider. Uh, we've mm -hmm. been going since 1992, so had our 30th birthday last year. 
And our sort of editorial relief office has been to provide top quality thought leadership on the trends shaping corporate treasury. So we do this by a number of different means, but a lot of it's interviewing kind of the great and good of the treasury world. So that's group treasurers, it's CFOs, it's bank execs, and also more and more fintechs. Um, And the world of publishing has evolved hugely from just magazines and also for sustainability reasons away from paper. So we've embraced digital media quite a bit with our TMI app and we've got webinars and the Treasury Class podcast is our TMI podcast channel. It's really taken off. It's huge. Um, It's such a good platform because you kind of get a hit of the latest information, topics, everything from global minimum tax to sustainable supply chain financing. You get to speak to all kinds of different people from all different geographies and it, it's kind of great well as well as informative so yeah no complaints about that awesome yeah the treasury podcast definitely are on the rise that's amazing <laughs> well, <laughs> I think it's just a nice it's a different medium for people and you can see on a podcast while you're doing something else you can multitask and you can kind of get a little bit of info it doesn't take you as much time and, and you get that human element as, to it as well which i think is really important in this age of everyone kind of working remotely and a lot of people still working remotely it just gives you a bit more looking and connecting yeah 100 percent agreed makes sense i like to cook uh whilst i listen to podcasts so it's true multitasking is definitely one of the perks uh <laughs> ingredients though because you've got <laughs> so i didn't say i cook well i just like to cook once i do this okay and so um Back to TMI, maybe. So, where do you operate exactly? So, as this um, treasury media, is yeah. there a geography uh, notion or like what types of work and uh, editorial yeah. management do you do exactly? A lot of people think because we're UK based that we're, we're UK focused, which is actually not the case. Um, mm-hmm. We do have a big tie up with the EACT, so the European Association of Corporate Treasurers. Um, so we work a lot with them and as a consequence, a lot of our subscribers are based in Europe, about 40%. We have about 25% in Asia Pacific, 25% in the Americans and the rest in Middle East and Africa. So it's a, a really big spread. Um, and we do, like you said, we've got articles, we've got podcasts. We also do industry surveys, which I love. They're so fascinating and you get to see yeah. the trends that are going on in different regions. Uh, we run various events in association with national treasury bodies. So like the Irish Association of Corporate Treasurers, we've been doing a conference with them. So that was last November and we're doing that again this year. And then the EACT Summit and then podcasts and webinars and more. So it's a huge production. Um, yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, but we're a small team, uh, a tight-knit team that's been working remotely for uh, as long as TMI has been in existence. So okay. It, yeah, it's quite interesting. So I've never actually been to the TMI physical office as much as I've worked for TMI really? 2018. Now, did I did I interviews in London? And then I work kind of in South East Kent, so near Canterbury. Some people will recognise that as a, a landmark in the UK. Uh, and then the rest of our team is all spread about in different areas of the UK. But it, it works really well when we sort of just communicate as with a normal team. Awesome. Super clear. That's really interesting. So, I mean, amongst all of that, then, Eleanor, um, you guys do articles, videos, various content pieces around Treasury. Um, what have you seen in recent, I'm looking at 2023, I've been the recent trends in Treasury overall. What's been coming up more and more? What are people interested? Yeah. How long have you got? <laughs> I could write a couple of books on this. 
there's so much <laughs> going on honestly like treasury is it's never dull there's always something going on but right now it's absolutely immense there's so many challenges in the macro environment so if we look at risk management to begin with we still got some geographies dealing with the pandemic and there's still definitely shocks for the pandemic we've got russia's war in ukraine we've got other geopolitical tensions boiling over the energy crisis the economic squeeze so there's a recession on the cards as well that means that there's a great deal of market volatility and in turn that means there's a huge spotlight on fx and also for treasurers that deal with commodities, commodity risk is likely back in the, the spotlight as well. So hedging those more effectively, I think, would be probably a number one priority for a lot of our, our readers and listeners at the moment. We did an interesting podcast on FX recently um, with a couple of guys from Barclays, and they were just talking about you've got to be looking at building more optionality into your hedging strategies these days. So it's kind of taking a fresh look at derivatives seeing what's new, seeing what you could do a little bit differently. And for some treasurers, to be honest, it's using them for the first time as well. Like a lot of people haven't operated in an environment where they had to. Maybe if they're younger treasurers or um, sort of newish into the profession, they haven't used derivatives before. So it's kind of getting familiar with those. And then I would say FX payments or the sort of transaction FX side of things as well. So it's not just that FX where you've got the huge bits that you're hedging, but it's those tiny transactions that you're doing. It's the international payments. All of that adds up and kind of making sure that you're getting the best rates on those as well. And I guess there's a lot of supply chain related risks at the moment as well. So with the pandemic, you've got people's nearshoring, friendshoring, reshoring. You've got new suppliers coming in. So that potentially means new countries, new currencies. But also increasingly seeing a lot of the bigger buyers wanting to support their suppliers who are financially strained at the moment. So looking at things like supply chain finance again. So that's been huge from a, a risk management point of view. Um, if I look at cash management, I guess, you know, kind of cash and liquidity, liquidity point of view, obviously you've got rising interest rates. So people are, are looking at where should they be putting their excess cash if they're lucky enough to have excess cash. Not not everyone is. So it's sort of that what's acceptable in terms of risk. Should they just be in deposits? Are deposit rates reflecting the actual rate rises quickly enough? You know, are MMFs a good answer at the moment or is there kind of regulatory reform on, on the horizon? Um, and then a lot around cash forecasting with the economic squeeze. So people looking at better forecasting tech, trying to look at where working capital is trapped. Um, and that also comes back to the supply chain angle. Because I don't know what you guys are hearing, but there's a lot of companies that we speak to that are sitting on significant inventories at the moment. So there was that whole move away just in time, just in case, and people were frightened about not having enough stock to sell because of the supply chain issues. So they've got these massive inventories, but that's tying up working capital. So there's sort of some work to do there with other departments as well. But I don't know if that echoes what, what you guys are hearing. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, we did a whole, um, in, in light of everything that's been going on, we, we've done quite a lot of episodes explaining why interest rates are up, how they go up, how they go down, who sets them, et cetera, like that. I think hedging was one of our most popular episodes. People were really interested yeah. in that, probably to do with the times that, we are going through, like you said. And I guess that's all on top of just the normal challenges in treasury, yeah. right? Which is like talent and talent acquisition, making treasury 
um, accessible to people and to getting good talent in. You've got um, technology bringing this huge wave of uh, demand as well for, again, good talent, but also um, better use of the existing data that Treasury sits on. Is that those things, I guess, have always been there, right? But it just sort of squeezed more with the recent economic condition. It's it's a lot more difficult for treasurers and there's a huge concern in the industry about attracting future talent. Um, when we talk to the NCAs, they're quite concerned around attracting younger members as well and how to liaise with sort of universities and make sure that we're bringing on that next generation. There is an issue where, you know, treasury is not necessarily seen as the sexiest profession. Mm. Um, and there's also... As a diversity issue, you know, it's still very male, pale, stale. So even when we go to industry events, I'll quite often be hanging one of a, a few women. Um, it's be mm. white dominant. It's um, age range also and huge lack of diversity there. I think there's a lot more that needs to be done to make it feel accessible to people. But like you said, Hassan, also loads of new skills required. So we do need people who are up on data analytics and AI, and those are those younger generations. Of course, we need to be looking at upskilling existing staff as well, and there's a lot of opportunities to look to technology for, for better training for existing staff and maybe transfer opportunities within organisations. I think we've got to equally talk about new ways to recruit people, getting the next generation on, really pushing things like blind um, recruitment so that we get that diversity being through. Um, but there's what I have people with technology skills. You also, um, we did a survey back in the last year, looking at what kind of skills treasurers might be looking for when they're recruiting in the future. And it was this, it was interest in tech, um, it was people skills, but it was also an interest in sustainability and ESG. And that's a, another huge thing coming through for treasurers, becoming massively mainstream and treasurers wanting to Wait, um, an ESG champion almost within the organisation. So it's there's a lot going on. It's moved beyond green bonds and loans to sustainable deposits, sustainable SDF. We've got ESG linked FX derivatives. So there's a whole lot going on there as well. Yes, there's uh, the negative connotation. There's the greenwashing, but again, that's another thing I think the finance is going. Okay, that was a lot. Um, <laughs> just, just, just for just for our listeners, Guillaume, we've touched on pretty much all of those topics that Eleanor yeah. just mentioned. The only one that I don't think I've heard of before is MMF. I think you mentioned Eleanor. Yeah. And yeah. This is Corporate Treasury One Hundred and One. So, and I'm here to be the dumb guy that asks the silly questions. So, well, what's MMF? You mentioned it just briefly. MMF is a money market fund, so it will be okay. an investment that some treasurers will use. They're quite popular with treasurers. Again, that's evolving. Actually, the ESG MMFs are coming, so there's there's sort of there's a few about, um, but there's also a lot of regulation in that space. There's been some reform already, both in the EU and in the states, but there's a little bit more coming, so well, potentially. And uh, why is it um, a tool that treasurers like exactly? What's one of the features that makes it convenient or safe, um, whatever so, it is? So that's one of the main things um, and kind of very reliable as, because of the heavy regulation around it. You know, mm -hmm. you feel like it's a, a safe place to, to put your money. Awesome. Indeed. Very cool. And so um, out of interest, Eleanor, have you seen then with this expanding need for better treasury, in different corporations due to the, the conditions. Um, 
Do you see more interest from other parts of companies? So where typically perhaps TMI was just tracking treasures, maybe you even starting to hear more from, you know, more from CFOs, for example, and from um, HR and whatnot. Is that also like, have you seen treasury broaden into other parts of an organization? Absolutely. And treasury is actually recognized by the parts of the organization. Victory. The treasurer does now. Yeah, that's half the battle. Um, but we, we definitely have our, our readership is probably about 10% CFO. We quite often speak with CFO, but um, mm. the treasury is up to what expectations they want. And we increasingly see that there's a, a lot of dialogue between the treasurer and the CFO, but also with other departments, like you mentioned, so, uh, with procurement, that, that link is becoming much, much more as we look into those supply chain issues with ESG departments, sustainability functions, a couple of treasurers I know are actually responsible for sustainability alongside treasury now. Um, others are just working really closely with the sustainability department to make sure that they're getting right. Um, HR, I don't know so much, I haven't heard so much on that, so I'd be curious to hear if, if you have heard that. I, I haven't, it's not one that I've come across, but certainly treasury reaches broadening those relationships are improving. It's uh, mm. a lot of work still to do, and, and the IT department is always one way. Yeah, you've got to have a great relationship. <laughs> always have time. You better. <laughs> yeah, HR, very little, to be honest. There is always this um, payroll dimension, right, that is somehow linked to treasury um, for the payment in batches and the confidentiality and so on. So that's one aspect that it's something that we have tackled very little. Except for the recruitment aspect that you that you mentioned earlier, which is also indeed um, very present, but that's that's in li is linked to treasury. Um, but okay, super clear. And so uh, going back on the different dimension and the trends that you've identified, what are the tools that you have also maybe heard of or seen in the market recently? That um, let's say maybe are the tools of the future or how treasurers can leverage those tools in order to tackle uh, the more and more demanding tasks such as the high volatility of the market, FX, communities, risk, and so on. What what do you see there? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. There's so many different things going on. And obviously, it's going to depend treasury department to treasury department. But I think you've got to be looking at automation at this point. Because yeah. there's so much for people to do. Treasury departments are typically pretty lean. You know, they might be a couple of people, if you're lucky. There's, at the other end, you've got the huge treasury departments where they've got their own tech person or even their own tech arm, but they are few far between. So you, it's a classic case of kind of doing more or less. So you've got to be looking at robotic processors and RPA. And mm -hmm. you can combine that with a bit of artificial intelligence, AI, so smart RPA, even if it's just for extracting data from one source to get it into another source, man, like without all of that manual work. So it just happens automatically. Um, I think. APIs, application programming interfaces are going to be very important. Again, they're not silver bullet, but you can use them for a number of different tasks. You can integrate systems very easily with them. You can use them for back reporting, so you can just ping the back via the API and get an instant report back. You can use mm -hmm. payment initiation, so you don't have to log out of your TMS and go onto the bank portal and do your payment from there. You can actually do it within the TMS, so you don't have to do all that relogging in. Um, you can get instant FX rates plugged in via an API into your international payments workflow. So that comes back to the transaction effect that I spoke about. 
so that you know instantly what it's going to be, you know what the deductions are going to be, so there's a lot more visibility there. But there's that's kind of stuff that's happening today and people are implementing and yeah, it, there's great possibilities there as much as there's obviously risks and there's costs and all the rest of it. But there's, um, I guess there's, that's innovation reality, but there's a lot of innovation hype out there as well. So we probably can't do this podcast without talking about generative AI, which is chat GPT. Yes, I wanted to. Yes, what are we when it's all over LinkedIn at the moment. Um, so it's kind of a major name in this space. It is a, a generative AI chatbot, so it kind of produces content essentially, but you could use it to write a treasury policy eventually. Uh, you, know, so you could use it to give you information about like FX and help you to inform decisions, but it's very, very, very early days and people are not doing that. So it's not set to revolutionize treasury just yet. I certainly don't think so. And ditto things like the metaverse, you know, We've heard that come up a couple of times in Treasury conversation. We see more webinars about it. Do you, I think that treasurers should be prioritizing it right now over other innovations? Not for me. So I think it's looking at what can really make a difference today. And that would be that automation. The RPA, adding in AI for cash flow, looking at those APIs. Um, but having an eye on the future. So you've got to be thinking about sort of CBDCs, so central bank digital currencies, and also cryptocurrencies. Not going to be relevant to every treasurer, certainly not at this stage, but that's the way the world is moving, is towards digital money, digital wallet, and anyone who's sort of into e-commerce probably just keeping an eye on. Okay, awesome. And so to name a few, I don't know if uh, you had, you mentioned that you're talking more and more with fintechs, and uh, probably with that come innovations and so on. Um, ChatGPT, I want to ask this question. Awesome that you, you touched upon it. Um, I don't know if the applications yet for Treasury are really reliable or 100% live on the market, obviously. It will come though. Um, but so right now, and maybe in the coming months or even year, do you have like some fintechs, new payment solutions or reporting tools or, and so on that you have in mind? Or what's, what's your vision on the market? Yeah, I don't want to single any particular ones out, probably. Okay. Because there's a lot of a lot of different ones out there, but I'm mm-hmm. going to point people towards the TMI innovation. Okay. So this is where we host a load of different fintechs. We interview them, we ask them what they're up to, and then we kind of give a verdict on how we think they can help treasurers. So it's innovation.treasury-management.com, um, and they can kind of have a browse and look at all different fintechs in different areas. So some of them are looking at risk management, some of them are looking at dynamic discounting, and they all have some relevance to Treasury. Not all of them operate in all geographies yet. They're small, they're upcoming. Um, so it's worth having a kind of look around, um, but there's some very interesting solutions out there for sure, particularly for Treasurers with slightly smaller budgets. And what I'm seeing now is that Treasurers are not afraid to go work in fintechs directly so mm-hmm. in the past it was very much looking for a fintech bank buyer we've seen a lot more of that um we're seeing a lot of uh fintech cash forecasting platforms working with banks to integrate that into their system that kind of thing so it's available for that bank's particular customer but yeah but we're seeing treasurers just going direct fintechs having those relationships and, and getting things at a budget that they can afford Awesome. Yeah, we put um, the link of the TMA Innovation Lab in the description uh, for those interested so they can have a look and see what's out there. 
So Eleanor, super interesting topic to touch on. One of the things that Guillaume's taught me about Treasury is you can't get away with talking about Treasury without also talking about regulation, which yeah. much, to, much to everyone's uh, dismay, I think, in the Treasury world. So what, how have you seen, again, with all this change coming in Treasury, have you seen regulation going coming as fast as well in the market? Mm-hmm. And is that something treasurers are concerned about? How are, are they tackling it? What's what's happening in the regulation space with all this rapid change in treasury? Yeah, I mean, there's there's always regulation and it, it's always evolving. So I mentioned the money market fund regulation earlier. That's just one minor part of what goes on in treasury and the kind of regulations that treasurers are worried about. And of course, it varies hugely by region. Um, but if we look at, so I mentioned the, the European Association of Corporate Treasurers earlier, they provide a, a regular update to their members on regulations to watch. And they've got 15 regulations on their watch list at the moment. So that kind of gives you an idea of the scope. Um, so yes, there's a huge amount going on. It varies massively the way you operate. Um, but one of the ones that's still ongoing is LIBOR transition because the USD LIBOR is being phased out mid this year. Um, so there's a lot of contracts, etc., that are still being transitioned across to to new reference rates. Um, There's a number of regulations coming into force at the beginning of next year, so beginning of 2024, that people need to be thinking about. One of them I mentioned already uh, that we've done a podcast on, that's the global minimum tax. So this is the OECD move to 15% minimum corporation tax rate, and that was adopted by the EU at the end of last year. It's very ambitious, and there's a sort of uh, a lot of suspicions that timelines will move and this will float on forever. Um, but, you know, there may potentially be an impact on where companies are operating because certain jurisdictions won't be as tax efficient anymore. So that's obviously going to have an impact on treasury um, and cash flows and structures and all the rest of it. Um, and then on the ESG side of things, we're seeing treasurers become increasingly involved there, particularly if they're doing things like green financing or sustainable supply chain finance. So in the EU, we did have the non-financial reporting directive. That's going to be replaced by the CSRD, so the Corporate Sustainability Reporting Directive. And that elevates sustainability reporting to the same level as financial reporting for the first time. So that's quite a huge deal. And as much as it's not directly linked to Treasury, we'll probably see quite a lot of treasurers getting involved, like I said, if they're involved in ESG themselves, but also because they're just used to doing reporting, they know what's required, so they're probably going to have quite a few people coming to them asking questions. So that that's one to be prepared for. Um, but the the number of regulations, if you look at each region, it's absolutely huge. We, we published, uh, I think it was today, a... Uh, a piece looking at payments regulations in Asia and each jurisdiction has its own thing going on. So it's impossible, nigh on impossible to keep up with it all as a treasurer. So you asked about kind of how best to to tackle it and what treasurers can do. Absolutely at this point, got to look for support. So it might be internal experts and it's always worth kind of looking around internally before you go externally. You've got in-house legal teams who could help um, but also turn to your banks, look at consultants, your NTAs. So a lot of the NTAs have their own regulatory specialists. They'll be able to assist. Um, again, look to media because we do try to run explainers on things when we can. Um, and another 
potential area to look to for the future is regtech. So it's like a branch of fintech, but looking at regulation. At, um, at the moment, it's kind of mainly for the banks. So there's a lot of big regtech firms helping the banks out behind the scenes. But it is emerging into the corporate space, particularly around ESG reporting. So I think that's maybe one to look into for the future. But regulation is just, yeah, an ever-evolving beast. Absolutely ask for help. Yeah, so sounds like a dream world. You need. <laughs> More just a quick terms check. I think Guillaume, the only one that stuck out for me there was LIBOR. I think we've topped that when we talked interest rates, that banks use that to set the interest rates between yeah. each other. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. That's it. Very good. Making sure I still remember everything that Guillaume's taught me. Supporting Usab, you're spot on. I've kind of downloaded quite a lot there of what I'm um and as i said i could go on forever there's honestly there's so much going on it's never nothing to write about or talk about but is there anything else that you've heard from your podcast interviewees or you're just seeing in the market in terms of trends for 2023 um well the one that came um often um especially so obviously one of our first big interview was with mike richards uh, where yep. we talked about so the, um, the organization of the treasury department and the different roles we can find in um, treasury departments. And obviously we tackled the, the issue, um, so we say, uh, of talent acquisition and, and actually retention. Uh, that's really something that is quite of a, of a struggle for treasurers apparently. And uh, one quote from him that I find quite, quite interesting is that there is not a talent pool, there is a talent puddle when it comes to treasury. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I guess that makes his business uh, going well, right? But it's it's also true when you see how many positions are out there and how much of a niche market it is. You mentioned it, um, getting young talents out of university. Also, because so far, there are not that many very treasury-focused studies. You start to have certain modules in, in finance, masters, and so on. Um, I think it's, it's still quite relevant in the treasury is like most of the people don't know what it is uh, when they come out of uni. Yeah. So talent acquisition and retaining for sure. And that's also something Bart Hendricks uh, from Civil Logistics mentioned. So he uh, he's responsible for the building and reinforcement of his team. Um, and obviously he was like, yeah, we, we are creating a, an in-house bank, a short service center, and uh, we need to find the right talents with the right skills, which the needs constantly evolves off. Um, yeah. So we are talking more and more about data skills, data management skills, data science, um, on top of treasury um, knowledge and so on. So yeah, this one, and you, you touched upon it, huh? uh, that's definitely one that uh, I think must be insisted on because it seems to be uh, quite the trend uh, in 2023. Is it new? Probably not, uh, but that still remains uh, one of the main issues. Yeah, yeah. Sam, I think you. I mean, my background is in engineering, right? So the thing that I find most interesting from all of our conversations is just how big data science has been getting in um in treasure overall um again things that mike's mentioned before uh, bart hendricks mentioned we also had tis um which is a treasury vendor on who talked a lot about and we had a really interesting discussion about upskilling existing organizations as well yeah green man from tms yeah yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. Him, along he used with... to be a treasurer so he has like all kinds of insight yeah. super interesting indeed so I, I find that really interesting as a challenge which is departments Treasury departments need to not only recruit for um, for the the new age of data being the new gold, um, but also uh, upskill existing talent, which 
sounds harder to me, at least. Yeah, um, I agree. Particularly when you've got so much on your plate already and it's hard to find time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's super hard, right? So, uh, and and he also, they also mentioned back then that actually some departments aren't even hiring finance majors, just going straight to the um, to the data science majors and yeah. saying, well, it's easier yeah. to teach a data scientist treasury than it is to teach treasurer data science. Yeah. <laughs> which, was, which was quite interesting as well. So I, I think that's, that seems to be a recurring theme okay. from all of our exploration to treasury. Uh, is that data science is 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 a must-have skill nowadays? 